0: 2022. She is a friend of mine. She is such an inspiration to the women's division in professional wrestling and with country music and with everything else that she does. I want everyone to please sit back, grab a beverage, get a snack, and enjoy the beautiful and talented Miss Mickey James. Hey, girl! Hey! <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I am. I. You know, we've been trying this for a while, so I'm glad that we got this uh, scheduled. And I'm just so Freaking proud of you! Like, you know, we we worked together in WWE, and you know, we saw each other in other events. And I just, I'm watching you, and I'm just like, that's my friend. Like, this is a woman who is trailblazing for so many, um, you know, aspects in your life. Like, you're just in in different areas of music and wrestling and uh, podcasting. Like, how how have you been? Like, how how is your how's your week been? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, Thanks, babe. You know, I, I appreciate that. And I think that you've always been an inspiration. And I've watched you juggle a thousand things and always come out shining. And that's just what we do. You know, it's just, it, it's not always easy, but you still have to try to be the best you and do the best you that you can do, right? Um, Amen.
0: Yes. Um, For the fans that, you know, don't know you that well, I'm going to just fill them in a little bit. You are the, the wife of Nick Aldis, who's the national treasurer at NWA. Uh, you are a mom to Donovan. Uh, you're a singer, songwriter, actress, model, CEO of God TV, which is a podcast, which we'll, we'll cover that. Um, you are also uh, the CEO at Her Legacy Supplements. And uh, you are also the EP at NWA Empower, which is the pay-per-view for women. And, um, and you're also the, the knockout world champion right now. I know. like when do you when do you
1: sleep um I did sleep very well actually until right up until about an hour ago when <laughs> I had my alarms my heart alarm you know I had about three sets because I was like I can sleep in tomorrow um uh, but yeah so you know when I'm home I sleep a little more
0: <laughs> yeah even
1: still it's like you're juggling because I have we do go tv when when we're home typically um during the week and you still have to gym and, and, you know, obviously the, the days that you're home, you're trying to parent as hard as you can and do all those things. And so it's a lot to juggle, you know? So if you're looking for a job, I need an assistant, someone out there. If you're listening, <laughs> okay.
0: sure. you might, you might get all kinds of traffic coming in. Then. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> and another thing, you're also a, a country music artist and, um, and you're also the newly entrant for the WWE Royal Rumble for 2022, and when I heard that, I was just like, "Okay, now she's not sleeping. Now she's not even like getting into her bed because now she's focusing on on the the rumble, and this is going to air this week. So we're going to get your thoughts about that of how it feels to be back at WWE. But uh, let's touch up on your country music first because I want to let the world know that there's two aspects in your life that I was watching. I was a part of that really had an impact on me because when you started writing country music we were i believe we were overseas on a bus and you were like hey you listen to some songs i wrote do you remember mm-hmm. that and i was like oh yeah yeah that's great and they were great but how it evolved mickey into now you've had an album and now you're performing with these great country artists on stage like. I felt, I felt special. Like I heard awesome. the music before a lot of people did. I yeah. mean, how's that been involved for you? And I mean, tell it's, us the journey of that aspect. It's of you incredible. Know I know. Cause I remember
1: when I shared that music with you, it was like the first couple songs that we had recorded that I wrote before we even did the full first album. And I was so nervous cause that was something that I wanted to do my whole life, but I was terrified and I didn't think I was any good at, but I was still always writing and always just, um, so to be able to bring that to life, but it's been insane because obviously wrestling has helped me so much because it, it may help get me some connections perhaps to other people, but they still, those people still have to take your music legit enough to want to collab or want to do stuff with you, which it took a while. And, and even still, I'm still writing and practicing writing and stuff. Cause I want to write and perform better songs, you know, um, and songs that just speak to me. So yeah, it's been crazy from the first album with Kent Wells, who's Dolly Parton's um, guitarist, and she he tours with her. But he produced my first record. He's the first one who was like, you know what, you sound different, you look different, um, you have a backstory, a real cool, and you have your you don't sound like anyone who's on radio right now, which because it's a mi- like a mix between rock and roll and country. So if we can define that edge, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, because that's what, you know, but I'm like, I like pop music too. I like, I love everything, you you know, I love everything. So, um, but it's cool. But out of that, I've been able to do that first album. And then I got signed by E1 for my second album and did the single and Trish appeared in the single. I got to hit my husband over the head with a guitar in that video, um, it was great. Uh, but yeah, and now I've done the collab with the yin yang twins i've opened for montgomery gentry and gretchen wilson and wow it's cool it's really cool and it's a different you know it's a different outlet because we need i think that we are artistic people already um whether it be in film or acting or whatever and whatever that is you know you put a lot of passion and love into it but i found um I'd even, after I'd made success in wrestling, you're still very, it's very subjective to whoever's, you know, kind of doing whatever, whereas with the writing and the music, I'm like, well, this only, ma- like, this is for me, and this is, you know, and I hope that people like it, but I'm not writing it for them, I'm writing it for me, or I'm not, you know, so it was a different reason as to why I, I loved it so much, you know? You know, absolutely um,
0: knew that I knew that you are going to hit it big, because when we would go to nashville you know and you would go perform yeah we all go out to drink after the show and you would get up on the stage and perform like you know that was that was a start of a lot of things because you had a lot of people following you at that point too because right you'll see mickey you know wrestle at a show and then oh we're gonna go watch you sing. i mean that was a great you know way to uh expose your talent as well because you had a lot of fans were following you at that point too yeah for sure It was
1: yeah and now obviously if if i hadn't been mickey james like they probably wouldn't have just showed up to the and i'm always grateful for my friends like you guys coming to those things because it was very different and um it was fun and i was still i'm still learning you know but i was definitely at that point very very new to singing on stage aside from like karaoke uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah so it and that, so that always meant a lot to me, too. And I think that was the one. The biggest thing is that the girls, we all, we've all we always stuck together like that. Like, it was like a real sisterhood, real team in that
0: aspect. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you also wrote the song for your podcast, which is Gala, which is, stands for Grown-Ass Women, which yeah. is a podcast, but um, you also have a song that goes to that, which is part of your album. That was, that was pretty cool to listen to as well, because that was really summing up your Everything. whole Everything about a
1: woman's life. It was. And it was really to, you know, that was kind of the purpose of the song. And obviously, we'd started writing this song. So, backstory I wrote that song with my friend Sean gassaway and Brandon Green as we were going to originally do um, when I was working after I did the uh, Ying Yang single, the Ying Yang Twin single. I was looking to do like a, there was a female rap artist that we were talking about collabing with. So, I originally only had this one beat. We talked, we wrote a beat and we wrote the the hook for it and the chorus kind of went and she was gonna rap in the in the space and we were gonna kind of come back and forth. So uh that kind of fell through. So I was just sitting on this song for like two years and I go, I really I had this idea of like grown ass woman and and what it means to be a grown ass woman. And then we started our podcast, you know, in the middle of COVID and I was like, oh well I do have this like cool thing that we can call it this and it's fun and it's catchy and it's marketable. And I was like, and I already have the beats for it so we can use it for the intro. And then uh about i don't know i think it was about a year ago sean just posted it it was about a year ago i sat down with my friend sean and he said i need to introduce you to these women this chapel heart and i'm like okay he oh said, he said their stuff. and i'm like oh my god they're amazing and then uh they were cmt's they're cmt's next women of country um i met them we sat down they listened to kind of the song and we're like and we just, in 45 minutes, we wrote this song together and like reworked everything and just wrote it. So it doesn't sound anything like the original, what, what it started as. So it's kind of crazy how it can morph over a thing, but, and now it's more powerful because it really speaks to all kinds of women from, from everywhere to like what it takes to stand up and be a grown ass woman, because it's not easy. And, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah. It's empowering. So it was, it was really cool. It was meant to be like a summer Anthem. And then obviously it went on to be um, the uh, Anthem for empower, which was
0: really cool. So. And you know, what's great though, is it's not just about women that are in professional sports or no. a country. It's about the mom that's home taking care of the kids or the mom that's, you know, starting her own company. It, it just appeals to so many people. that right. I mean, you don't understand like, the impact you know, because you, I sit back and I, I interview women, I'm like, there's so many walks of women that are going through different journeys and different jobs and opportunities that this song is so perfect. You it know
1: is. I mean? Well, and I think it, and it's uh, to everyone. everyone's, if you're going out to go get a business or you have a dream or whatever those things are, it's like, it just empowers you. And I always think that you have to, I even in my morning routine, listen to like this motivation, 10 minute motivation or whatever. Cause I feel like you have to get in the right headspace to succeed and to have be, And so that's the things that you have to surround yourself. And it was like, I really wanted to do a song like that because I remember even redneck woman, which was like the summer anthem, yeah. our <laughs> anthem, but it made you stand up and go like, hell yeah. yeah. Like I wanted a song like that. And we got a song like that. And it's really, really cool. And it speaks. Yeah. Past wrestling, past sports, but into everything.
0: Like, yeah. Are you performing anytime? Do you have any concerts or any appearances with your with your uh, country music coming they up? Are, she, Danica
1: from Chapel, they actually texted me yesterday. Well, they over the weekend, um, and I was just out of town. I guess they're performing at Whiskey Jam, I think tonight. And she asked if I could come down. So that would be the next one. I haven't I have done some performances like live on television, you know, through the but a lot of it had shut down obviously during yep. the pandemic. Um but we did just go back in the studio um on another song that I wrote called Pissed. Uh <laughs> I'm, I want to send it to you so bad. It's so good. It's going to be great. Uh, so that one, and then this really, which I'm thinking about what I want to do with this song, but it's a very like veteran inspired song that I wrote with my guitarist Buck. Uh, but I've been working on this full album. So we're going back in the studio and record recording more music, but instead of songs from everybody, it's only songs that I wrote. And a lot of people, if you're not in music, you don't know this, but most artists, are writing songs that i mean are singing songs that somebody else wrote wrote yeah. for them or they pecked through um and i never knew that about music until i got in i always thought that they sang what they wrote but um they, there is a difference you know and so this one's going to be everything that i wrote co-wrote on over the last couple of years but even that you haven't heard yet um and i'm hoping to release that you know amazing, fall ish that's amazing Nikki. Yeah.
0: so, so okay so See let's talk time. about something else. Um, you were, uh, you held um, the CEO for the Empower pay-per-view for NWA. Um, are, are you performing in the NWA as a wrestler or are you just taking that one uh, department and you're just taking care of the pay-per-view for women?
1: Um, well, I was brought, you know, I talked to Billy and I think it was because it aligned all with the stuff and obviously Nick works there
0: yeah. and
1: he, he was the champion at the time. And it was just in a conversation with Billy where it's like, well, what do you want to do then? Like, what is it that you want to do? And I was, and I explained to him, I was like, well, this is the thing. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I had pitched. I just feel like, and obviously it didn't unfold exactly because it was like a, a series and two things, but he's like, well, what if we just do it? Like just do the, just do it and see what happens. And if it, Falls flat, we fall flat. And if it does something great, then it does something great and we'll just see. And I was like, wow, okay. And so for him to put his faith in me and kind of back me and say, okay, you become the EP, you find the talent, build it up, do the promotion, just try to fit and I got your back. uh, That was really cool. That was really cool of him to do. And so in turn, like, obviously I am there. Like I'm a part of NWA. I feel like I've always been a part of the family from behind the scenes because I've supported my husband and everything that they've done in the last couple of years to build up to it, because I saw it from the baby stages and was there, you know, um, the whole time I felt like, so it was just natural. And to be able to help help the girls and help the division and try to help create these stories or characters that can,
0: you know, do something cool. That's fun. Um, you, know, you didn't just yeah, help, yeah. Mickey. It wasn't just helping. You put the women's division on this other plateau that, you took, you brought all these different generations. I mean, to see Gail Kim and Kong, um, you know, and and to see the young women that were wrestling, mm-hmm. and then you know, women that have come through um, AEW and other indie promotions. It yeah. was such a fucking great thing that you Thank took you. this and you said this has never been done before. I mean, and yeah. I mean the empowerment. I mean, literally, I, I don't want to say I don't want to mock the empowered, but the right. empowerment that women got to sit on that stage and say, I'm a part of this. And this is what right. we're representing. I mean, how did you go about even thinking about who to bring in? Because there's I hundreds to, of women up there
1: and I wanted to book everyone. And I really did <laughs> like, obviously there's budgets and there's all these other factors that you don't even take into consideration until you get put in that position. So I'm like, Oh shit. It was very stressful, but it was also, magic because there was I I felt like it had to be this balance of the women who have paved the way to be there and so we had I was like we need all I need all women agents kind of producers people women that the girls are look up to and right. are gonna listen to and they're and they respect them and that's gonna create these amazing moments to be able to make that Gale and Kong moment happen and then Kong retiring um and crying. And
0: she, and she cried like
1: yeah, it was so a lot special, you know, it was so, so special. And I think it proved the point and it made it validated my point because I was almost thinking like, okay, well maybe re- women's wrestling doesn't make money or maybe I'm off thinking cause you know um, and um, yeah, so it just kind of validated that. And I felt like every girl, woman on that show, stepped up to the plate and nailed it out of the park and they all shined. And even coming out of that, I've watched their careers, especially some of the younger ones, kind of get elevated and they're doing more. And that's just what it is. It's like we all just need that one opportunity. Like we need and that was kind of what it was about. It was like sometimes it just takes that right person, that one person to believe in you, to say that you got it and to just push you enough to believe more in yourself, you know? And um it was just special because everybody was there and the energy was, you know, it was a lot of energy and positive energy. And I think everybody wanted to see it win that, you know, and it did and it won. And that was really, I hope we can do it every year and find a way because the beauty of it was, is the balance of every company kind of stepping up and recognizing their women's division and get saying, okay, this is a cool spotlight and this is something different and unique. And it kind of, uh, you know, empowers us all to step up our games, and it's just it was real. It was just cool. It was really cool, and I'm grateful for it because it t- it took a lot to make it happen, and t- to do it that way. Are there a lot, are there plans to have it um, for
0: 2022?
1: I'm hoping, yeah. I mean, because the original, obviously, we started the cup there. You right. know, so the the cup, the um, and the women's invitation on the the idea was to do that annually at that pay per view. So I've talked to Billy about it, and we definitely want to do. Us, you know, whether it aligns with that anniversary show, which I felt like made it a really yeah. awesome weekend, especially for the fans. Um, so I think, yeah, next year.
0: That's amazing. You know, or um, this year, I guess this year. Yeah, I know we're in 2022. It's January. <laughs> now let's talk about impact. So you're, I mean, it's very unheard of to have you work in two different promotions, you know, with impact right. and then with NWA, um, you know, And it's, if you hear the conversations that I have at AEW talking about you, how you are setting the standard that women can go do two or three shows and be in different promotions. Mm -hmm. You are giving the confidence to women that you're kind of opening the door and saying, hey, you know, you want to do this and go do it and walk through it. and And this will happen for you. Right. I just, I just want you to just, if you just comprehend how you are motivating and moving these women, because for years, the women have not had the credit that they deserved, you know, to have that TV time and that spotlight on them. Um, Do you hear the conversations yourself of women coming to you and saying, thank you for doing this for us? Because you've really set a standard in our division. Thanks. I think, thank you. Uh,
1: I, I don't know that they ever say thank you for that. I I do think, find that the locker room is amazing and they're so respectful you know every one locker room that I go to or every woman that I've met for the most part has always been you know awesome and really made you feel because you know we go through a career especially when you're and and I always say my second run is very different than my first run because just of where I was mentally because I was so young and but I was also very hungry and very like wrestling everything wrestling was my life you know um to, so then to come back second time, I'm a mom, I'm the, the music is doing good. And the other things, the legacy comp- like we hadn't started legacy subs. We were doing superstar seminars and stuff like that before uh, there was just a lot of things firing. So I didn't feel as like, this is, I had learned that that wasn't life and WWE wasn't my whole life anymore, you know? So it was just growth. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, um, it's been cool to be able to kind of come back and work with different women and from di- like from the stuff that I've done being able to do with Deanna has been incredible yeah
0: She's
1: incredible like seriously I uh, was so
0: good um I saw you hit my son-in-law which I kind of went "Ooh, that's gonna hurt <laughs> I'm so sorry and I had messaged
1: Jeff Jarrett about the guitar ahead of time I like Jeff because it had been since the music <laughs> video when I hit Nick over the head with the guitar, <laughs> since I had swung a guitar, but I had to get him to teach me how to swing the guitar that for that video. And so I had messaged him, I said, hey, would you be okay, could I, could I use, I still make, I messaged Jeff Jarrett to ask him if it was okay if I used the guitar for the match That's <laughs> respect, but that is That's not that respect. respect. Right, right. So, um, and he was like, "Oh, oh my God, absolutely, please do. So, and he told me, he sent me the videos hard and fast. And he sent me the videos, like, sure, you swing it. And I'm like, okay, I got it. He's like, not like this, like this. What I didn't realize is like, so the guitar that I had had a lacquer, like, you know, like a coating on the,
0: the wood. The wood
1: yeah. And I feel like the ones that he uses are more like, they don't have, it's more of a satin finish, right? It's not the oh. um, clear coat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's different. <laughs> So I'm so sorry, Matthew, um, but it had the clear coat on it. So I was expecting this big poof, like it does when Jeff, obviously he swings it harder than me, clearly, but I was a little so taller it. too. Yeah. Yes. And it just kind of went on. And I was like, oh, and then I pulled it off and his head was bleeding. I was like,
0: oh, yeah, he has no hair. So I didn't help him at all either.
1: <laughs> no cushion, just bone. <laughs>
0: And that, and that run is going so well. Um, and how, how are you? How are you juggling the two promotions? I mean, um, you know, Billy has uh, proven that he is about you know uh, bringing people in and working with other promotions and yeah, just like AEW is and Impact. And it's never been seen before, really, where the promotions are kind of sharing each other's talent. Yeah. And of course, there's another company out there that doesn't want to do that. But right. how this is such a great um don't know what you call it a uh, camaraderie that we are all in this wrestling industry and right, the right. fans do love different promotions and i think it's so cool that when we can you know mold everyone together and make a show out of it i think it's so it's like fun you know because right. you're you not know, just seeing the same roster you're, you're kind of just bringing this person and that person and, oh you come over here too and let's do this right i mean, I mean that's got to be fun for you how is it that you are juggling that aspect
1: of it um well it's been uh, you know it's been interesting because i am you know i guess you would say a free agent in that sense but i feel like my trust they i'm a very honest person and i you know i'm also a very loyal person and i feel like i am loyal to women's wrestling and i'm loyal to you know if if being that billy has gave me that opportunity at nwa i feel like my heart and i've been heart like on this ride with them the whole time he knows where my heart is and i really want to help elevate that division and i think when i go back to you know even when i was a wrestling fan a lot of this was territory days and it was like a lot of the promotions used to work together and and i feel like nwa that's the heart and soul of nwa because it was a part of that the whole yeah. time so you know they would work together and if you weren't particularly using this you know person on television why not let them they would go to they weren't being booked in Texas, you know, whatever, go to New York for a year and then get over there. It's only builds and it has you to work with different people and different styles and different and on television. Uh, so you can know your angles and under different, um, people to, to help you, uh, cause you're not going to learn everything from one person or from one style, you know, like that is how you become such a well-rounded performer and you can then do anything right. Um, So, uh, it's been a culture because of contracts and all these things that have kind of changed, but I think that's where trust and you would hope the relationship comes in that, you know, obviously I'm not going to do anything. That's not going to elevate women's wrestling or do anything. And I think that my history with impact because I was there and that was when I really defined hardcore country and all that. And we were able to do so much on television there to lead to empower and that match with uh, Melina and Diana and the match with Rosa and Deanna to then come out of it to kind of all that like that really helped the success of Empower you know of, of everything that we were able to build there within that both of those and then AEW Camille showing up on AEW yeah that and- was awesome yeah it was great and what what a great moment and it just really kind of showed that when this kind of magic does happen, it really is special. And it was cool to be able to do it with the women because it, you know, obviously um, I feel like there's only time on, on a regular show wrestling program, there's one or two matches. There's one or two women's matches, you know, and that's, that's it. It's a two hour program. So to be able to have this one show that we can all do together and be like, yeah, we're freaking awesome. It just, it's like a little icing on the cake for the fans, you know, and for us. So,
0: yeah, you know, what's good. What I noticed too, is that, you know, Gail Kim takes care of the knockouts division at Impact and you're able to have this other female figure, you know, with NWA and with Impact too, to take care of the women. It's not very familiar in other promotions. It's always the men's dominance of, you know, dictating the card and who they hire and stuff. So this is really a cool aspect to see you and, and Gail Take on these roles that you know. There's there's these females that are going to take care of the female division and have a voice for them. Because you know, let's be honest. I mean, even in AEW, the women don't have a lot of voice. You know, I mean, we get like a you know one match in a TV show, and as much as the women would like to have like three or four matches, but you guys are really being the center of saying, you know, this is what this is how the women's division is going to be, and this is this is who's going to you know have a match and. I think that's really important for the women to see that because there is value in a woman being able to have part in that programming and booking and the, you know, elevating that promotion. How do you, you must have a sense of like, don't you like how kind of look in the mirror and go, shit, I'm doing that. Like,
1: yeah, I well, that. I think we're doing that, you know, it's like <laughs> we're doing that because we're, we're elevating the conversation about it. Right. So, um, and it's cool to have, and it really starts behind the scenes because it's cool to have those people in the office put the faith in a Gail Kim or myself to say, I trust your opinion, you've been there, you've made money, you're what helped establish this division, so let's do it together to keep, because the standards been raised, let's face it, like, and you're right. For the most part, it's always been the men or like the, the old boys room kind of making the decisions and doing all the thing and what that perception of, of women's wrestling is. And it's not to date as to what is now. And I think it's important to have different voices in those rooms to, uh, you know, be able to continue to elevate the women constantly. Like there has to be at least one voice in there going like, no, it's, you know, it's about damn time. (laughs) Yeah, and just to make it, you know, special for everyone, and that's how we're getting all these opportunities, these main event opportunities, um, and Texas Deathmatch, which I haven't had a hardcore match in forever, and they're, you know, AEW's been Brit, Brit freaking killed, I saw her at a Comic-Con, I was like, you know, just woman to woman, I think it's important that we always recognize that it's taken a long time to get to the space where we are seen as equals and we in the locker room and we as women should be lifting each other up and see each other as equals across the board because it takes a village it really does and i'm i applaud any woman that's going out there and making history because you know it's it's special it's really special and it only had one it's when you say history it's like once in a lifetime kind of stuff absolutely it's
0: important yeah Let's talk about another aspect that you're killing it. Um, and you are CEO of Legacy Supplements, which I have to say, I shit so good now because I take your supplements and I I love them. And I'll tell you a little bit of my story. You know, I'm going through menopause. I have the hot flashes. I couldn't find a vitamin that, you know, was going to help me, you know, kind of replenish everything that my body was losing. I'm 53. Like, it's damn hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I still gotta keep in shape and still do the gym and cardio. Right. And I um I ordered the whole well like the women's pack of like the um the flush and the herminator and the vitamin and mm-hmm. and, the res- and then also That's the pre workout.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: The pre workout, man, I go zero to sixty like in twenty minutes. Like I sit there like, oh yeah, here it comes. Here it yeah, comes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> and I love it. I mean oh.
1: I'm so happy that you like the product. Seriously, I remember when you said you, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I'm always interested to get feedback because obviously, you know, this, our company, Nick started it at the beginning of uh, 2020, 2021. Like it was for so in a year, we've grown so much. And then when I got released is when we opened up the Her Legacy line, the the women's division of it. Um, Because we had talked about it before, but there was also, you know, I couldn't really promote the company at the way i could you know i can now right. um but he originally started the legacy sups for the men and the you know test x9 because obviously you know we we've been buying supplements for 20 years i've spent an um, immense amount of money on these things that and we were like well what, why don't we look into what we like what works for us like what what the things that we really like and we'll just focus on those um and you said the flush, the flush is one of my favorite. I take it, especially before TV, the night before TV, boy, sorry guys. It's, it's such a, it it works. does (laughs) work. That works. Um, they all work and they're all like an FDA facility. They're all American made products and they really are. There's not a million products on the, on the site. You'll see there's like really products developed and, and, you know, by myself, by Nick, the blends that we think will Work for that worked for us, and we think that would work for you. So I, I really now we have a CBD line.
0: I saw that we have a CBD You know, line. my husband ordered the, the stuff that he wanted for the men's side, and right. he loves it. And you know, I've only been doing it for like maybe two and a half weeks. And I know I, I need to take time to see how to adjust everything, but right I do want to get the sleep one because with menopause, I go through hot and cold flashes all night long. And my husband's like, just order the sleep one, like just try That's it. You know. It's I don't do, I don't do pills. I don't, I'm not any medication. And my, my doctor is like, you're, this is so great that these supplements will probably be even better for you because you're not on medication for this right. or that. And, yeah. um, but I mean, the vitamins are great. My skin feels better. Like Good. I'm really happy. And I'm just, you know, I wouldn't endorse something that I'm I know. money on something and say, Oh yeah, it's great. And then just put it aside. You know, I'm not going to, no, I love you so much. No, I've
1: seen you talk about it and I really appreciate it. We have a collagen, and, we also have that um, sleep aid. I will say is one of our best. I took two of them last night. That's why I slept so well, because same, it's like, you get home, you're wound up. I take like, I'll usually only take one because it says, you know, two, but I just know my, and I was taking like melatonin. I'm not big on prescription stuff either. Yes. So I was taking like melatonin and stuff like that. And I've still felt like groggy. A lot of times I would feel groggy when I woke up in the morning. Um, and this one is a, like a perfect blend. So not only do you sleep uh, deep, but when you wake up, um, you've slept so well that you're not still tired, right? Like you're ready to go wow. when you wake up. So it doesn't have that like grogginess in the morning, which I really love because it helps because, you know, sometimes it's hard to get up. But yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I love it. And I can't wait to, you know, check in with you another two weeks. and. Um, you know, my yeah. weight is always, I always fluctuate my weight. I mean, uh, especially during the holidays, you know, you want to drink a little more, you want to eat a little more, mm-hmm. and you know, you have to enjoy life, but at the same time, I yeah. need something that's going to help me, you know, like flush right. everything out that I've taken in. But so yeah. I'm really happy with it. <laughs> Yay. I'm so happy.
1: Good. Thank you. Good. And I wish y'all
0: luck on the supplements because the yeah. website, um, and we'll get all everyone to, uh, you know, get the contact information. For, but um, the website's beautiful. And I love that you highlight the women. It's not a men's site that talks right, about right. the women's supplements and shows men. Like, I don't want to see the men. I want to see what the women are, you know? Yeah. Like, well, we created the, you know, legacy
1: and that goes to the main page and mostly the men's focus, but then we created her dash legacy dot com because that was just more driven because i think as the same it's like oh man i got to go through all these men's because let's face it men's supplements kind of workout supplements kind of dominate the market so yeah i was like we got to go through all these guys stuff and it's like all right well this one is empowered literally like for the women like this is a female site so that way the women can kind of go and feel comfortable yeah. I've had it with women more um we're always uncomfortable talking about our fitness regimen or what that is and all that stuff. We're, we're cause I, I don't know why. And I think, or just like the gym, people don't want to go to the gym cause they feel like they're being judged at the gym. And I'm like, you're not, no, I promise you, nobody's looking at you at the gym. Like they're looking at themselves, judging themselves. They're too busy doing that.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah
1: absolutely. Um, So just focus on you, but yeah, we, we kind of get, but it kind of like breaks it down for the women of like what these are the products that are specially designed for women. And like the hormone that she assists, especially when you talk about menopause and stuff, like it just kind of, that's a hormone balance to kind of help
0: um, with all of that. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to see what else it's going to do for me. Um, Let's go to our fan questions because we had about 50 questions. I had to narrow them down. So um, I got the ones that uh, I try to go through them and and pick some. Uh, This is from uh, Lauren Hutton. And she asked, Mickey, what was your all-time favorite moment in your wrestling career? Oh, uh, um, you know,
1: gosh, besides obviously Empower was an incredible moment, but there was, uh, and it will always be WrestleMania. My first WrestleMania win in the title against Trish. Like, it doesn't matter. Not, there's nothing like the first you've worked so hard for that moment. And when it happens and especially her and I story going up to it, like the whole thing was magic and, um, that will always be my, it's always the, you know, cherry on top of like everything, the whole thing. It's probably like the whole Sunday minus, <laughs> minus the nuts. I was the nuts.
0: <laughs> that but, was a, that was a good moment. Okay. So this is from Ali Adamo and she is asking what theme song are you planning to use for the Royal rumble when you come out?
1: Hardcore country.
0: Nice. A, you know,
1: it has to be. I think it has to be because that's who I am. That's what I am. Yeah. Right now, you know,
0: how amazing is that? Okay. And do you have a dream opponent you haven't wrestled yet? Um, you know, I've said vocally that I would love to,
1: Charlotte was the dream of, you know, obviously of current roster because I never, the whole time in there, I've never faced her. I never, you know, had a chance to do anything, but obviously my real dream opponent of all time would be sensational Sherry. If I could go time and wrestle anyone, it would be her forever and always because she is my ultimate idol mate. Like she's the best. So, um,
0: yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So Ross Smith asked, um, I want to know about your appearance on the Jenny Jones show oh my god what who's jenny jones <clears throat> do
1: not remember the jenny jones show no um the jenny jones show was like a show kind of like a mari or whatever oh, and um you know they a lot of those shows like they'll hire things like they'll hire whatever so it was just like a gig and it was it was kind of like a true story oh god it just cringe. but um of these when i would go to school um On the bus, these boys picked on me and threw skittles at me and shit like that. And um, we, I confronted them on the Jenny Jones show. Yeah,
0: you got you got the payback. (laughs) Okay, um, Timothy Fowler is asking you, why would you even consider going back to WWE, even if it's only for the Rumble after the trash bag incident? So please share with us why I even asked you for myself why
1: would you go back, you know, after? The um, yeah, I and I can understand. And I, I recognize that question. So it's a good question. And um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why I wouldn't do that. And I think that when I think about making history, or I had to you have two choices in that moment, right? Like make a decision based off of emotion and your ego of like, okay, this will feel good to, to do this temporarily. But I've really screwed the pooch in the end because I have an opportunity to do something that's never been done before and it's gonna go down in history books. And so Jeez. it's a, what, like in your, that situation. And when I think about um, what happened after that whole incident of Grano getting fired, of the conversations I had with, the conversation I had with Vince, of the conversation I had with Johnny, of all of these things that happened um, and, empower happened and you know I'm the champion now and there's this opportunity to do something that has never been done before. What do I do? And I'm like I'm going to go for changing the business. I'm going to go for revolutionizing Mm -hmm. how we, you know, what we do in the standard for women's wrestling. That that's what my heart is at. So that's why it's bigger than my my, you know, ego. Did, Did they apologize to
0: you?
1: Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, That's, they po- apologize obviously publicly on Twitter and stuff, but you know, even when that whole thing happened, as I was backstory, I was uh, walking out the door when this, when my first box arrived and I was headed to the um, photo shoot for grown ass woman for that single release. Right. So I was already headed to walking out the door to go ahead and the box came and I was like, Oh great. I know what's in my drawer. I know what's in the box. There's going to be jackets, there's gonna be some cool things that I didn't have because they were there that maybe they might be in this box, right? Like whatever. And so then I opened it and then that's what it was. And fast forward, I don't know how you got your stuff, Vicky. I don't know if you had a drawer or if this is how you, or you pulled your stuff, own stuff out your drawer because uh, it, that was just how I got my bat stuff 10 years ago. But I was also in a very different headspace 10 years ago than I was then because I go, oh, the fuck? literally like, yeah. all right. You know? And, um, but then I was crushed. i like back then I was like devastated going like, why would they do that? I'm, they think I'm trash. They think all these things. Um, so I could also then, you know, internally go like, I bet you as I'm like, I bet you all these girls are feeling like this, this is a gut punch for a lot of people right now, whoever, cause I, I knew I wasn't, I'm like, you know what? I did it sarcastically as a joke. If you know me at all, you know, I'm very sarcastic and I'm very much a joker. And, um, I had no idea it was going to do what it did. And I think that, you know, the wrestling business, you know, we, uh, it's a lot, it's, it's harsh. It's a man's environment. It's very, you know, heartless in a lot of ways, you know? And so, I didn't think of it as offensive and I don't know why, it's just how the culture of the beast or whatever, as the public really did. And when it, it took them going like, this is really shitty for me to go like, yeah, actually you're right, it is kind of, It is pretty shitty now that when I think about it of the whole thing, yeah, obviously, but I missed when I took a break in the middle of, cause I've just posted it, went to the shoot, was halfway through the shoot and then I go back to take a break and go look at my phone and I've missed calls from everybody like everybody like from stephanie to hunter to johnny to vince um, and voicemails and i'm like oh my god and then i, my, I saw some texts and they're like oh my god you like the internet is going insane right now like did that really happen and i was like well of course it happened like i wouldn't what did would i just yeah. post it myself like um uh, I called Vince back in my break and we had, I don't know, 10 minute conversation and just talked about everything from that incident to, you know, everything leading up to it and all the things. Um, and I felt really, cause I, you know, you don't, that doesn't happen very often. And so I felt really good, um, in the end going out of it and knowing that, well, if nothing else, nobody, no, other, no one else is going to be feel like that on that end. Like they'll never get their stuff like that again. And, um, and it's unfortunate but it also changed the culture of
0: you it know sure did.
1: you change the culture of how you treat people on the way out because they're already in their heart and their emotions about it you know
0: absolutely well so, I cleaned okay. my drawer out before they could fire me <laughs> I left before they fired me because mm-hmm. you see you see that that transition in the locker room when you're in the locker room you more know than when you're on performing and you start seeing like these eight weeks in a row that you're not doing nothing and then maybe every once in a while i do like a backstage or something I'm like mm-hmm. this is not good like this is yeah. not why i want to be here like i'm not gonna yeah. and and just another um another thing is i used to watch you study and and go to college in the locker room do you know that you are the one that finally convinced me to start getting my college education because right. after eddie died you know i was lost i, I mean i went right into wwe but it was probably like, you know, maybe like six years after, you know, I was in WWE and we were working together in the locker room. I used to see you sit there and write papers and read and do assignments. And I was like, holy shit, like I can do this. Like if you're doing it. You're showing me how it can be done. You know, yeah. you think about, oh, I gotta be in the classroom. I gotta be, you know, in school. And I took it online and I got my bachelor's in you're, and I wrote this in my, I'm doing my autobiography. I personally thank you in my book because you are the one that I saw do this. And I was like, I want to do that too. I
1: love you. Thank you. Well, it took you to go and do it. And that's (laughs) amazing. I'm so proud of you. And it was hard, right? Like it was hard to do it, but like anything, if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to do it. You'll find a way to get it done. Right. And I the one thing was is like that was my first like three years on the road was I was going to school full time I don't know how like I do know how I did it what the struggle was is when we were overseas and the Wi Fi oh horrible that was the worst part because it was all on
0: who's doing time change I mean we're in different time zones
1: yeah and I would have like a paper due and we were obviously on a bus and like or whatever and I had to have it turned in by a specific time and yeah. That was the yeah. thing diana's doing that now she's getting her degree online i saw her she was in the locker room going, and i was oh like
0: gosh.
1: Frick yeah because yeah. i think education is so important i think it's already a struggle um and obviously everybody's road is different but it's always a struggle for people to take wrestlers seriously in the business world or any in any of those capacities and i always thought too i was in louisville um, when i signed up for college and it was just ironic that the day my school started is the day I debuted, because I was really at that point going, okay, what if I'd been in developmental for two years at that, when I decided, I was like, what if this wrestling thing doesn't pan out? Cause I'm seeing my friends get let go from developmental and all these things. I was like, what if I don't make it? Cause I put all my eggs in this one basket. What am I gonna do? And I took business. That's what I went with, with this business. Cause I felt like we are our own business and I don't really ever want to work for anyone yeah. in that capacity. Like I want to be my own boss. So that's what I'm going for. Um, but it was, you know, it was definitely unique and I debuted and started school the same day. And so they perfectly like aligned in the
0: you know I think it's important that we always have a plan B. You know, I have my podcast, but also have my my bachelor's in healthcare administration. So when COVID hit, you know, I was in AEW and I thought, you know, this may not last. Like I just I just signed. I'm like, we may not make it, you know, through the whole COVID thing. But I was okay because I was like, hey, I, I can go to the medical field, which is a perfect scenario because of what was going right. on. But I always tell the women, especially when I, we get really young girls that are starting out, I that's the first thing I tell them is that love wrestling and put your heart into it, but work on something else too that you can fall back on because we never right. got that kind of, well, Eddie never knew that. All he knew was wrestling. You know, right. that's all you know back in the day. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm going to be a wrestler and that's it. So I just, I really commend you and you just, you've had such a, a strong impact on me, you know, working with you and watching you and seeing okay. you do all these new projects and work with the women. I just, I'm so proud of you and just honored oh, to call you my friend.
1: Oh my God. I love you so much. You know that, like I kept, you're saying that makes me feel, I can't, I don't even know how to feel because I love you and I respect you so much. Cause I've, you know, I've stayed at your house, you know, like you're my family, you're my sister. Like we. I, <laughs> see you go through all the things from losing Eddie to like rising up and be, being thrown into this position that you were kind of like, ah, this isn't my, you know, but you yeah. freaking killed it and are, are a damn legend. And like, we're, you know, you had so much heat when you came in and just like grasped that role. Like it was incredible. But then to see everything that you've done and, and you know, your children and just life and this all you've remained. Positive and true to your soul. And it's just awesome to see. And I just love you so much. And I love you, you say that, like, oh, the schools and stuff. I was like, I study um so many like business stuff. And it used to be like, you know, oh, they say, I think that when you tell people, oh, have this backup plan or whatever it is, that makes them feel like, oh, you don't believe in me. Or I, that makes me feel like I don't believe in my dream. When, and that's not the case. Because if you study any of the most successful piece, people in the world, they have seven, ten things that they have going yeah. that are all firing, you know, like yeah. this is the thing that they're passionate and this is their their thing thing, but they have a bunch of other little things. Um and it's important and it has obviously they have to be things that you love, but yeah. you have to find
0: those outlets. I I funny story when Shaw was in high school, um there was a huge pep rally and so that their school knew who I was and who I worked with and they're like, hey, can you pick a, a guy and girl from WWE and have them come in and get the it was our homecomings. They wanted to get the school riled up. Instantly, I thought of you. I'm like, oh my God, make it be perfect for this tech rally. And also, I brought in my nephew, Chavo. And mm-hmm. so it was such a fun time because we had a big party at my house afterwards. And yeah. everyone, the kids just loved you. I mean, thank yeah. you again. I mean, of I course. was like a cool model, like, oh my God. Shaw's mom knows so-and-so, and I'm like, well, yeah, I work with them every week, but <laughs> y'all killed it. Out of, oh. It was just a fun day for, at the school with y'all. It was. That was a great day, and I just had so much fun
1: hanging out with you. Oh, um, Chavo is the best.
0: That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh It, it was best. fun. So fun. <laughs> um, I have five questions for you, and now I'm going to let you go. Does something get the fans get to know you a little bit pers- on a okay. personal basis? Who's the better cook, you or Nick?
1: Me. He's a good cook though. I will say it depends on the dish because there's some dishes where I go like, "Oh, I don't know." His and <laughs> raw potatoes. <sighs> oh my god. Nice. He does stuff
0: like that where I'm like, you know. <laughs> and... What what are your thoughts? Should pineapple belong on pizza?
1: Yes, I'm okay with it.
0: Awesome. I love uh, it. what's your favorite vacation spot?
1: Um when I actually get to vacation, uh I don't um
0: that was a very good question of mine
1: for you. <laughs> yeah. what, I, what is that? I want to go to the Mediterranean really bad. I want to go to Ooh. Greece and do like a tour of the Mediterranean. That's what my dream vacation would be. Where we've been talking about it. Um, but and that's always been. I don't know why I'm so fascinated with like Athens and all that stuff and Beautiful there. Greek food. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a foodie. I love it. Um, I I want to say Hawaii has probably been my favorite vacation spot that I've been to. Like, I think the, it's just so beautiful and the culture and yeah, I want to just, you know, own a whole like little Island there.
0: Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. What's the strangest place you have urinated in?
1: Um, so I'm, um, a girl from Virginia and I've peed outside pretty much most of my life. (laughs) So I don't know. I feel like One of the strangest places, I guess, would be when I had to pee outside um, when it was uh, Bill Barron's in Georgia, when we were doing the schoolhouse and there was only like one bathroom that was a public and a uh, wrestler's bathroom. So I just went behind the building and pretty much peed, which only the boys really did that because there wasn't a lot of girls wrestling, but I really had to go and I didn't want to go. Through and wait 20 minutes or however long was for the only bathroom there in my wrestling gear. So behind the bus, I think there was a school bus behind the schoolhouse.
0: So I think with the many nights and we, we drove those long hours after a show, I mean, I stopped many places on the side of the road and found a big tumbleweed. I'm like, that's where I'm going to <laughs> work,
1: you know, somewhere in North Dakota where there's oh my this, gosh. Well, the worst would be when you think like, oh, that was kind of a crappy gas station. I think I'm going to wait. And get hit the next one. And then you're driving for, I don't know,
0: hours uh, <laughs> hour
1: with nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's worse. I, Eyes are
0: watering. You're just I like, know. All right. One last question. What would you tell your 20 year old self back then of what you know today? Oh my gosh. Um, patience, maybe breathe
1: a little bit. Bef- especially before making, you know, rash decisions or anything like that. Um, you know, just be confident in yourself and believe in yourself and don't listen to any, you know, obviously listen to advice and listen to those things. But as far as the naysayers or the people that aren't there for your betterment, like
0: you don't need them, you know, like, Amen. yeah. Mickey, I just, I love you to pieces and I'm so you. happy I got to share my show with you. And with all my fans, um, I wish you so much love and I, I pray for your success and just keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see you at the Royal Rumble. And uh, oh. Michelle McCool says that she'll see you soon. I can't wait. I love her. I'm excited to <laughs> see her. Have fun and just yeah. enjoy the Thank moment you. and be you because that's, that's all we want to see is you doing your thing. And I'm yeah. you're just, you're really setting a precedent and your legacy is, is showing so much. And I'm behind you, and so proud of you. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Tell Nick hi. And, I will. Uh,
1: we'll, we'll I see will. Soon. All right. Bye. 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 Come on. <laughs>
0: James, for taking the time out to be on the Excuse Me podcast and to be my first guest for 2022. I wish you love and success and good luck with all your endeavors. I am so excited to see what you're going to be doing for this year. And guys, thank you for downloading the podcast, for clicking, following, subscribing, commenting. And if you have any questions or any guest ideas, please email me at Excuse MeVickyAlick.com. And guys, this year, I have a new management team and we're getting some incredible guests on our show. So keep listening. I appreciate your follows and your love and support and take care of each other. And we will see you next week.